0: All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it's a 12 questions version of the podcast with Kyle Larson. This is the fifth 12 questions interview I've done with Larson. Can you believe it's already his fifth year in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series? Wow, that's pretty crazy. Time flies. But yes, yeah, so he's been gracious enough to do this every year, and uh, I feel like he gets more fun with interviews all the time. Last year, uh, in this 12 questions interview, he called himself the last true racer, and uh, that got a lot of people riled up, and um, that generated some good conversation, and hopefully he will have some interesting things to say as well in this year's version of the 12 questions so let's take a
1: listen all right everybody i'm here with kyle larson and kyle the first
2: question is um how often do you have dreams about racing um i would say when i was a kid i had uh, almost every night i would dream of races and racing um you know, now you know, I might have like quick flashes of it but not like deep dreams, you know, where I'm I'm dreaming of it. And you know they might happen every so often, but um yeah, I mean I I don't know if they're maybe once a week or so. Okay. I guess probably leading up to the weekend or right after the race. Okay. That makes sense.
1: Uh if you get into someone during a race, intentional or not, does it matter if you apologize?
2: Yeah, I mean I I feel like I'm if if I feel like I've done something wrong, uh I feel like I'm good about you know, making sure I at least text them or or you know come up to them right after and, and apologize. Um, yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I I've always I, I feel like at times too, and it's not my fault. I, I seem to apologize for for you know something that I may feel like you know I did something to put both of us in that situation or whatever. But uh, I yeah, for sure you need to apologize because there's some sensitive people in our sport yeah okay what's the biggest compliment someone could give you um i think the biggest compliment somebody could give me or you know now i have you know now our race cars are fast all the time but you know and when, when somebody would say like you know i'm carrying the race car on a certain weekend or something like that i think i think that means a lot to me and um, you know when you're when you're doing more than you know maybe the potential of something i think that's always that's always a positive so that's been a good one and then you know just you know just being you know when somebody says i'm i'm you know i I feel like i'm versatile but when somebody else you can see it and and, you know think that i'm good in any type of race car that that means a lot to me okay so nascar comes to you and says hey we're going to bring
1: this uh celebrity to the track and we'd like you to host them what's a celebrity you'd
2: be really excited to host at the track uh, I don't know I, I'm not that into into it all into celebrities that much so I, I don't know um, you don't get starstruck huh? I don't I don't get too starstruck like you know, NASCAR will come to me and be like oh do you or to Davis anyways oh do you want to meet this celebrity or whatnot?" and you Davis ask me and like no I don't, I don't really care <laughs> um you're like so. Sorry, I usually no. turn all those down, anyways, unless he gives me the politics speech, and then I have to do it. But um, so yeah, I mean, I yeah, I don't really care to host any celebrity. So is it because you when when they ask you about these people because you've never heard of them or you you've heard of them you just don't care? No, I've heard of them. I just don't really care. Oh. I I, <laughs> okay. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they're not going to be that excited to meet me, so I don't really oh. care to meet them. I see. So, and maybe that's just jumping to conclusions, I guess, but or you know, judging a book by its cover. But um, I don't really get that excited meeting meeting people, so I don't think that they would get that excited meeting me. Okay, all right, that makes sense. So,
1: in an effort to show that it's a health conscious sport, NASCAR decides to offer the number one pit stall selection for an upcoming race to the first driver willing to go vegan for an entire month. Would you do it?
2: Uh, what so like? I really like salads. What foods are? What so, else? No, is no vegan? cheese. No che- oh. um,
1: nothing from an animal at all. Um, nothing with butter. I mean, you could do like soy stuff or like you know like the fake meat stuff. Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, I, I feel like I could do it, but I don't think the number one pit stall is like that important to suffer for a month but I do like salads I could survive off salads you can't see like chicken's not even vegan huh no oh and no like buttermilk ranch dressing
1: type thing I don't think
2: yeah I mean I I mean I like any type of salad but um I could probably do it for sure but I don't I don't think I need need to do it okay Oh, it's time for the random race challenge now.
1: So, I've picked a random race from your career. Okay. And you have to try to guess where you NASCAR finished. NASCAR career? Yes. Okay. Cuz that's all that's on Racing Reference. Sorry. Yeah. I <laughs> guess okay. like
2: Knoxville Nationals uh, on stuff Racing on there, Reference. Yeah. Oh, I should have Well, it you long. you would
1: remember those too easily. Yeah, I, I have only to make this three months harder. Months. Yeah. Okay, this is the 2015 Pocono Spring Race. Any recollection of that whatsoever?
2: 2015 Pocono spring race. Spring race. So June. Oh uh, I feel like po like we struggled a lot of places in twenty fifteen, but I've always been okay at Pocono. I want to say eight or are you serious? Did you look look at my sheet? No. Eighth. Yes. Okay, perfect. I
1: was going to say 8th or 12th. <laughs> well, you actually started 15th. You finished 8th. Uh, McMurray was 7th, so you guys were 7th, 8th, and Truex won that race. Uh,
2: yeah, I was all over Jamie at the end, but I couldn't get by him. I got tight. Wow. Um, but, yeah, I I've, I think I've got, a, you know, most all my finishes, I think, at Pocono or, yeah, like 5th to 8th or so.
1: Are you good at remembering race in general? Like, can you remember I used to be
2: I used to be really, really good at it, and then I bumped my head a f- couple times, <laughs> you know, racing sprint cars, and, and my memory's gotten a little bit worse. But, um, yeah, I mean, NASCAR races are so long, too. It's hard to kind of remember everything about it. So those sprint car races, you know, I have a shorter memory. They're shorter races, so I can, I can recollect those ones a little easier. Okay. Who is the best rapper alive? the best rapper alive. Uh, I um I mean I like rap music. I like all types of music. I like I like rap music. I don't have like a, a favorite a favorite artist of out of any genre. But um I would say for me I I like listening to Drake I think Drake's pretty. I, w- I don't know if he's the best rapper alive, but like currently, I like him a lot. Um, I can rap every word to Afro Man, uh, Crazy Rap, um, but but there again, I, I don't think they're the best best rap group alive. But so I'll I'll go with I'll go with Drake for now. Okay.
1: I thought you might say Lil Wayne because like young. No, I hate Lil Wayne. Really? Yeah. But you have the he's His young Mooney voice is and your so young money. annoying. His. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Back. I mean, like I said, I kind of like rap. If Lil Wayne comes on, I I got to I have to change it. I don't like him at all. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't think he listens to my podcast, so it's yeah, okay. Yeah. He might yeah. now though. <laughs> Who has the most punchable face in NASCAR? Uh, so I was I was actually telling Stenhouse we're all staying in a house together this week and I was I saw that this popped up on my calendar that I'm doing 12 questions, so I was like, "Oh, there's a uh, question about who's got the most punchable face, so I'm going to say you, uh, <laughs> because um, last year at Knoxville Nationals, um, you yeah, know everybody hangs out all night and parties and all that, and and uh, I we're all drinking and and everything, and I end up getting really really um, intoxicated, and, and he was as well, and you were like you know, wrestling around, and then uh, we're just standing there and like just like. I quick jabbed him in the face, and he jabbed me back in the face. I jabbed him in the face, he got me back and uh then uh then we like play wrestled whatever he he beat me, but anyways, like I didn't really remember all this until the next day, I'm like, man, my jaw hurts <laughs> and uh we're golfing the next morning, I'm like, we were punching each other last <laughs> night, weren't we and uh so yeah so ricky ricky's got the the most Punchable face. In yeah, NASCAR. you punch him and you don't even realize you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, I just don't remember. I was numb at the moment. And then, uh, see, <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess I have the most punchable face as well.
1: Yeah, well, I'll have to ask him now, too, yeah. So NASCAR enlists three famous Americans to be part of your team for one weekend. They are bringing Taylor Swift, Tom Hanks, and LeBron James. And you have to decide which one is going to be your crew chief, which one's going to be your spotter, and which one's going to be your motorhome driver
2: just for one weekend. Um, um, probably, I'll just go basically off kind of what everybody has been saying is Taylor Swift, motorhome driver, uh, I'll, I'll say Tom Hanks is spotter and LeBron is, is crew chief. Um, I don't really know much about Taylor or, or Tom Hanks, but, but LeBron would be a good crew chief because he seems to... You know, I mean, he's he's you, he's basically the coach for all of his basketball teams he's ever been on. So um, we'll we'll go we'll just yeah, LeBron can be the the uh, crew chief. How do you not know much about
1: Taylor Swift? Like she's everywhere. You can't like escape it. How have you been able to escape it? <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, um, yeah. She she um, she departed from country music a little bit there. Oh and, yeah. Uh, so so I stopped listening to Taylor Swift as much and, okay. and we kinda lost touch of each other. Okay, he lost touch. And I was never a big Taylor Swift super fan like a lot of teenagers were growing up. She just didn't do it for me. Okay. So if Taylor Swift comes to a race and they ask you to meet her, you're gonna I would say meet no. her. <laughs> she was actually Target and I was Target and I never even got the chance to meet her and if I if I would have I still wouldn't have really cared. <laughs> okay. What is the key to finding the best pre race bathroom? Uh, usually Davis here has one spotted out for as soon as I get off the truck with Owen, the intro truck, I kind of pass Owen off to him and and head off for the bathroom. So, uh, most, most racetracks have porta-potties, you know, close by. There's a few, and they seem to be our biggest racetracks that you would think you'd have tons of room for porta-potties, don't have any bathrooms. You know, Indy, Indy's probably the worst, um... There's somewhere else that's really bad that doesn't have any bathrooms. Um, But, yeah, he's good at spotting spotting at least, you know, the Care Center or Goodyear, I think, has some bathrooms in it. Like, Charlotte, I usually go. But then there's porta-potties kind of everywhere else. Hmm. Interesting strategy. So, um, NASCAR decides it misses the highlight reel value brought
1: by the Carl Edwards backflips, and they want you to replace them. How much would they have to pay you to backflip off your car? after your next win well
2: I think if I got some practice I could I could do it and I would still need to be paid a lot because I'd probably end up hurting myself but right now right now I have never ever done a backflip I don't even think I've I don't think I've tried on a trampoline usually when I do it like off the side of a boat or you know into the pool I don't quite get the full rotation so Right now, there's no way, there's no way I could do it. Okay. Um, Last week, I did an interview with Daniel
1: Hemrick, and his question, he didn't know it was going to be used specifically, but I actually picked you because I thought you'd be good for this question. His question was, you know, there's a lot of uh, maybe underappreciated or unknown drivers in the lower ranks right now that nobody really talks about, doesn't have a lot of hype. Who's somebody from the lower ranks of racing, could be any kind of racing, that you think deserves more attention than they're they're getting?
2: Um well there's a lot. There's a lot in, in dirt track stuff and, and they're still really young, so they might get that recognition, you know, in a couple years. I would say Logan Seavy in uh in, you know, I grew, I've known Logan, you know, we raised go karts together. I mean he was probably four or five years old. So I've known him for every, I think he's 19 maybe now, um, but yeah, he's done a really good job, he's probably the best go-kart racer, you know, the last seven or eight years, and then, you know, he got some midget rides, and some sprint car rides, and you know, here and there, and, and he you know, made made good good work with them, um, but now, you know, he got picked up by uh, Keith Coons Motorsports and Toyota, so I think, you know, now he's, he's still relatively unknown to everybody here, but... He'll be the next, he'll be the next Chris Rebell, um, so that'll be really fun to see, and then, um, man, there's so many, it's, it's hard, you know, but, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody, you know, I, I've noticed in NASCAR, I would say, you know, and I tweeted about it last week, you know, Matt DiBenedetto. I mean, to see what he does in that 32 car, and even, you know, the rides that he's in before the 32 car, you know, he would, I, I remember 2015, in the or sixteen, the first year with Chad. I mean, he passed me the first, you know, three or four races every week, and I'm like, you know, you know that our budget it might not be as big as you know Hendrick or Penske, but it's a lot bigger than what he's got, and, and he's out racing me. So I would say in NASCAR, you know, Matt Benedetto is is that guy who doesn't get enough enough recognition from the media, but also team owners, you know, here, I, you know, I feel like he deserves an opportunity in some really good equipment, because, I mean, he can finish top 20 in that thing, he could easily win in a, in a good car, so, um, you know, he, I think he's put in enough time where he deserves an opportunity, for sure. And you guys grew up racing together, is it true he used to regularly beat you a lot? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, so Matt, Matt and I, you know, he's a year older than I, I am, and he, you know, he was always kind of, like, a year ahead of me, um, but, yeah, we grew up racing at Cycland and, and Red Bluff in, uh, go-karts, and, um, yeah, he was the guy, he had a, you know, like, a super pretty go-kart, you know, like, baby blue, number 44, like, pinstripes, like, it, it was a slick-looking race car, and he was always really fast, and, um, you know, when I started, he was, he won, like, every week, and, um, yeah so he was like the guy that kind of set the bar and you know we wanted to beat him and all that and i remember uh you know finally when i won my first race i think he finished second to me by like i don't know a nose or something and uh like that was that was a big deal for us at the time so um it was it was fun to follow matt's career throughout you know his whole racing because he left he left california um Let's see. He was probably I don't know, eleven or so years old, eleven or twelve, and moved to North Carolina, and and uh, you know, that was like a like a big deal, you know, for us. Like, oh, it's gonna be you know, interesting to see kind of how his career progresses, you know, because we all want to make it to NASCAR when we're young. And um, you know, he was getting opportunities. Ended up signing with Gibbs for a little bit, and uh, you know, kind of he was a guy that kind of gave us a little bit of hope, even though he went a totally different background than what you know I had ever. Plan on doing, you know, at least, at least there was, you know, some hope, an opportunity to for me to maybe make it someday. So, uh, yeah, it was, but, but for sure, he was, he was the guy to beat when we were young. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, okay, so
1: I, I, actually don't know who the next interview is going to be with. Um, do you have a question that I could ask um, another driver?
2: Uh, can you, can you come back? Once you figure it out. Can I come back? I don't know. These are always, This is always tough. Like, I prepare for all the other questions, somewhat, but then we get to the, the last part of it, and um, I feel like I do this every year for you, and I always, I always have you come back. So can you come back to me once you figure out who's going to do it? Uh, I will come back to you once I nail somebody down. Okay, but, thank you.
1: Okay, you're welcome. Thanks for doing this interview.
0: All right, everybody. So there you have it. Kyle Larson with some indecision there. On what his question should be. So, what happened after that was a few days later, I decided it would be good if I could somehow get Larson to ask a question for Christopher Bell because they've been such rivals, or at least friendly rivals, in midget cars and things like that. So, um, he came up with a question for Christopher Bell, and his question is What year will you win your first World of Outlaws championship? So an interesting question with some layers there because implying that at some point Christopher Bell will go race World of Outlaws full time. But obviously he has a long NASCAR career ahead of him as well. So what will that balance be? So that will be asked to Christopher Bell next week. Also wanted to point out that after Larson said he's not interested in meeting celebrities, he accepted an offer to meet with Ice Cube this week. So um, after he finished second at the Auto Club 400, he was walking off the stage, and I noted, um, hey, uh, so you did accept a celebrity meeting. And he's like, well, it was Ice Cube, you know. So I think there are certain celebrities he wants to meet, but I, I, do, I, I loved his answer, and it made me laugh um, about the Taylor Swift stuff. That, that definitely cracked me up. By the way, since Target is no longer a NASCAR sponsor or a Kyle Larson sponsor, you might want to consider doing your shopping on Amazon.com, That's where I do my shopping along with Sarah for all our household items and things like that because you have helped us out by going to Jeffgluck.com slash Amazon before you start your shopping there. Then it takes you to the Amazon homepage, but there's a link in there that helps give my website and the podcast a commission. So we've been ordering all sorts of things like toilet paper and laundry detergent and paper towels and Kleenex and all sorts of household items from there. So you've been saving us a lot of money by doing that. So if you could go to jeffgluck.com slash Amazon the next time you're going to shop there, that would be much appreciated. Coming up on the next episode of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast, it's a How I Got Here with Greg Stumpf, who is the founder of Off-Axis Paint, I don't know if you've seen anything about Off Access Paint on Twitter, but they paint a lot of the helmets um, throughout the various NASCAR series, and we'll ask him how he got started doing that, um, how he ended up becoming the guy that paints helmets like Martin Truex Jr. and William Byron, Alex Bowman, people like that. So stay tuned for that on Thursday, then Thursday night I'm on a red eye to Martinsville Speedway where I will find another media member Sunday afternoon, or I guess late afternoon since it's sort of a late start time, but uh, hopefully find somebody to do a post-race podcast where we can talk all things Martinsville. Until then, thank you so much for listening as always, and I'll talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.